Hey, it's Jim. Welcome to Discovering America, the newest Bit Players podcast. Uh, now, this podcast is going to be centered around Vlad. Now, if you've seen a Bit Players show, you know who Vlad is because Vlad is probably your favorite player. And the reason Vlad is probably your favorite is that Vlad is something that we have that nobody else has a Russian trained mime who trained under Marcel Marceau. Now, if you don't know who Marcel Marceau is, he is the mime. Like, he's the guy. If you think of a mime, he's the guy. You think of, like, the image that you have in your head of a mime, that's him. Um, like, in the same way that if I asked you to name a famous parody musician, the first person you'd think of is Weird Al. If I asked you to name a famous mime, if you know any, the first person you'd think of is Marcel Marceau. Vlad trained under him. Uh, but what's also interesting about Vlad is that he was born in Soviet Russia. He came over to America in the 1980s. And this podcast is about the experience of him coming over. The experiences of him acclimating to American life and the culture shock that came with it. The things that are different uh, between the two countries. The things that are the same. And just his overall experience. And each episode we're going to take on a new uh, subject. Uh, in this episode, we're going to, appropriate for the first episode, we're going to talk about first impressions. Like, just, just what struck him first uh, uh, about coming to America in the 1980s. Uh, what, was, what were his first issues, his first problems, the first things that brought him joy, the first things that made him nervous. All about that stuff. Please tune in. In future episodes, uh, we're going to have more bit players join in for these first couple episodes. It's just going to be me and him. But... Uh, we're all gonna get in on this and talk to Vlad, because Vlad, uh, I would, I would say, like, permit me to say, uh, even though English is his second language, and he's telling stories here in English, um, and even though seemingly his primary language is physical, given that he's a mime, Vlad is a hell of a storyteller. Uh, so I hope you enjoy his stories. If you want to hear more of Vlad right away, we, uh, have a few episodes of Bits Per Second in our... Uh, backlog, uh, in which we interview Vlad about similar stuff. Uh, there are two episodes uh, called Coming to America Today and Coming to America Today, uh, where Jared and Tim Brick and I talk to Vlad about uh, uh, why he left Soviet Russia. And there's a there's a bonus episode that followed shortly uh, in which he ta talks about Marcel Marceau and training with uh, the master mime himself. So there's lots more Vlad available for you to listen to, but I, I hope uh, you will keep listening going forward because Vlad's got more stories to tell. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into our first episode. This is Discovering America, and here's Vlad. Alright, try that again. I just noticed that it's very strange to hear your own voice and accent. It it's is, like, yeah. Oh God, that doesn't sound good. Hi, and welcome to Discovering America. This is a new uh, Bit Players podcast uh, in which our resident Russian immigrant mime Vlad, everybody's everybody's favorite bit. Let's be honest, um, is going to just sort of regale us with is that what's going to happen like tell tell us a little bit about what you imagine that this will be i was thinking about it for quite a while and actually it was born 
from conversation with my son. Uh -huh. um, once in a while, he would say, Dad, how come you never tell me what was going on in, uh, in Russia? How come you don't tell us how you started here in the United States? And every single time I would say, okay, let's just sit down and talk about it. And he was like, no, nah, I wasn't really serious. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not that he's not serious. None of us have time uh -huh. to do it in the same, uh, in the same time. Yeah. So he would go to school, I would go to work, he would come back, and then the holiday's over, and we're going back, and it never happened. So I got an idea to kind of have Discovering America thing where I'm going to talk. And when you mention that you're going to have a podcast and it's open to everybody, I said to myself, this is probably the best opportunity to do it. I think, it I, think I, I, I think it's a great opportunity and I think that this is, it's, I'm glad that you spoke up. Uh, and it's not just open to anybody, Vlad. It's open to anybody with a good idea. So, <laughs> and you've got a good idea. So, Thanks. Um, so what do we, how, how do we get started? Like, I think, I think the, the first thing you wanted to talk about was first impressions, right? Yes, first impressions. You have to realize that living in Soviet Union, it's a closed society, so everything is the same. Everybody wearing the same clothes, everybody live in the same apartment, everybody uh, having the same experience. And uh, So before we get too far, though, yes. like, like for those who haven't listened to the, the who, who may, may not be as familiar, who haven't listened to the previous episodes on this, which I, I will direct people uh, again at the end to listen to uh, the our bits per second episodes coming to America uh, in which Vlad tells the story of his trip from the Soviet Union um, now you were born in the Soviet Union yes you came over when you were in your 20s right you 24 were, you were, years you old you're 24 years old and that was 1980 81 81 uh, so uh, that's about the time the time frame we're talking about here uh, for those who know their history and want to place that in in context, uh, so yeah, you you come over and it was uh, a good time. It was uh -huh. after Stalin, but before Putin. Right. <laughs> yes. So there was that bit of a window there. That's right. Where you had, <laughs> yeah, where you didn't have uh, you didn't have uh, the purges, but you also didn't have the Ukrainian invasion. That's right. That yes. was, uh, so yeah, go like go on. First impressions. So. You grow up uh, when everything around you is propaganda, is uh, red flags and, uh, you know, uh, images of workers working. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you end up in uh, New York airport. Uh -huh. And you walk around and first what gets you is colors. Uh -huh. Everything is not just brown and gray. Everything is all different colors. And each color is full of slogan or some kind name or face. And everything is fighting for your attention. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to ignore. Uh, you look around and there's a magazines and magazines full of beautiful women on the cover or beautiful images of the houses or some famous politicians or musicians and it's nothing like it would be in Soviet Union. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Well, nobody's fighting to get your attention in the Soviet Absolutely. Union. Absolutely. There's no reason They're to advertise when you have nothing, so whatever you put on the shelf is going to be sold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no reason to do it. Yeah. So the airport was what, like, was where this 
that was your first kind of it is view of that. We were waiting for another plane from New York to Boston. So we had like two hours to spare and I was just walking around and looking without understanding exactly what's going. It was just one big curiosity. Mm -hmm. What, why, how, everything was new. Marlboro, oh my God, this is Marlboro. You know, Coca-Cola, I can't believe this is Coca-Cola. Like everything is so big. That's such an interesting perspective because I feel like those of us who grew up entirely within that, like we're oversaturated, like that sort of thing like makes us cynical, like to, to see all that, to everything vying for our attention at once. That's kind of like coming, coming at it as someone who, you know, as someone who was born here and grew up all within that all the time. Like if I went to a place where they weren't trying to get my attention at all time, that would feel refreshing to me. Like that would be a, that, that like we like some of like we seek like, kind of places like if you look at um the efforts like i don't know if you look at newport and like a lot of the efforts a lot of people who live around here uh newport rhode island for those who are out of <laughs> who are who are removed from this area like uh and how there's been a lot of like resistance to like big companies big advertisement and there's been an attempt like a lot of attempts to keep it quaint keep it like there's there's i feel like there's uh, Cape Cod is similar. Like, there's a lot of attempts to keep it, uh, keep it distant from all that stuff, and keep it like kind of return it to a quieter like t type of place. Um, whereas coming at it from you, you're you're coming at it from the opposite and saying like, this is the first time this has ever like anybody's ever tried to appeal to me in this way. This is the first time like I've I've experienced this kind of like. Uh, I don't want to say bombardment, but like, but like, from from my point of view, it's a bombardment. From your point of view, it's like, oh my god, something different. <laughs> it's definitely different. Yeah. It's something that you never experienced. You know, even packaging that things are being sold uh -huh. is so different compared to what it would be back in Russia. Uh -huh. Back in Russia, it's basically you have newspaper, whatever you selling, you wrap in the newspaper, and here you are. Mm -hmm. Here, it's not. Uh -huh. You know, everything has its packaging, and it's clear, and it's beautiful looking, and uh, you know exactly what it is and how it looks. Or maybe it looks on a picture even better than it is in real life. But it's there. Well, they say, well it looks better in the picture because they have to sell it to you. <laughs> like to like you said, but like, in, like where you come from, it's just like if it's on the shelf, it's going to sell. Who cares? Like... Uh, the, the, yeah, they dress everything up. Like, sure. In that sense. And then we end up in uh, Boston Airport and it was still light and we went to the parking lot to get the car. And cars, just mm -hmm. so many cars, so different, different colors, different brands, different sizes, uh, different shapes, something that you would never expect. Uh, like, I remember the most amazing thing for me was a car which in the front was like a regular car but on the back it was like a truck Camino, but the yeah. size it was of like a regular car and mm -hmm. to me it was the most ridiculous thing why would it, somebody get rid of half of the car it's, el caminos are a little ridiculous like i'm not i'm, I'm gonna join <laughs> you on that one like i kind of i always did think those are kind of 
uh, kind of strange. I think I think pickup trucks are strange to begin with, though. Like, because like I feel like people get people get those for like just to kind of look like they're driving a truck. Like that's the, the, the that's the thing. They kind of like I see trucks nowadays that don't have like they're huge, but they don't really have any more room in them than like a bigger car, regular car. I had a little Mitsubishi uh-huh. truck, and I have to tell you, I loved the truck. Uh-huh. It was very useful, especially in that time of my life here in the United States. I was moving like five times a year, so <laughs> that uh-huh. was well, yeah. great. Because it was good to have. It was good to have for yeah. that purpose. Yeah, no, like for for functional purposes, I love trucks. Uh, but like for for just for like like the fetishizing the driving of trucks, it bothers me. <laughs> uh, the most comfortable car that I really loved it was. Um, Oh gosh, what do you call it? Dutch Caravan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, a lot of people, a lot of space. Great, you could pick everybody up. Like, yeah, <laughs> loved it. Just go anywhere. Loved it. That's why. Yeah, no. Like I, I drive an SUV. That's the perfect car for me. Like I was just like, you can do whatever you want with it. So and then our relatives met us. We got in their car, and I remember the car. It was Pinta. And you survived. I have survived, <laughs> and it was so strange when. The seat in the front moves forward and you have to climb into sit into the back because it's only one. And I'm thinking to myself, what if we'll get in accident? How am I going to get out? That was yeah. the first thought of it. And we were driving and by that time it was getting dark and we were driving. If you ever north of Boston, it was a lean way, A1, yeah. go to lean. Yeah, Massachusetts, yeah. and it's very depressing road. Uh, a yeah. lot of uh, single, very small houses, single floor. A lot of dealership uh, cars on both sides. Yeah. Not much light, not much advertisement. And I remember that moment. I was thinking to myself, "This is America." No, <laughs> that doesn't this look like the, America. This wasn't what they said about it. That, that wasn't the America they talked about in either of the books. Like no. The, that wasn't what the Soviet textbook said. That wasn't what the American ones said. No. It's just kind of somewhere in the middle. Uh, I was going to say something. Uh, oh, got you, got you, probably got you uh, missing the, uh, the white birch trees that your family tried to use to... <laughs> about <laughs> white, uh, white birch trees. Um, I'll tell you kind of funny story uh-huh. because, you know, before we left Soviet Union, mm-hmm. obviously we had to go and say goodbye to everybody. So we went yeah. to my aunt's house, and at that time we never knew we were going to see each other, and it's, you know, it's good goodbye forever. Mm-hmm. So I still remember that conversation. She would look and say, she would look at me and say, "Are you sure you want to leave?" Well, at this point, there's no other way to do it we already have you already like yeah. cut the yeah you already made we're, the, we're already on the way you can't just be, I had to change my mind <laughs> you can't <laughs> um, and she said don't you think that you're going to miss you know not just us but what about white birches <laughs> yeah right um, I mean they have those here <laughs> uh, I know that when we bought our house here in Portsmouth on my backyard, it was a row of 10 
white birches. And oh, every wow. single time I looked at them, I was laughing and thinking about the white birches of my aunt. Did you that did conversation? It, did, did that bring conflicting feelings? Like at, at no, no, okay. no. But by, by that time, <laughs> yeah. no, not not at it, all. It wasn't at once. Oh, like for, like you know the 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 nostalgia for no. home, but at the same time, fuck you and get no, no, no. <laughs> Nostalgia never hit me. No. Um, I shouldn't say never hit me. It was a moment later on in life. Uh, the theater that I used to perform with, uh -huh. they were in Boston per per performing. Oh. And I went to see them, and it was great to when, see. What year was that? When was that? Oh, gosh. It was before I got married, so and we married for 30 years. So it was early on. Like yes, it was early on. Uh -huh. And uh, after the show I went backstage and I saw all those people or not all of them but a lot of them because a lot of people were new obviously mm -hmm. uh, that we started with and at that moment I was very close to cry like oh, wow. that was the first moment of nostalgia but I wasn't nostalgic for the country I was nostalgic for the people that I used for the to theater, perform yeah. with yes oh, that's so, cool. so that's how it was uh, oh, I had another thing to say. Yes. Um, oh, uh, the like your your like it it's sort of first hitting you uh, like a, the sort of variety like the like the the kind of uh, of imagery like the of colors of cars of of everything because you you just um, you, well you just recommended that I watch your favorite movie uh, which we which we will do an episode of Bit Players Movie Club on. Uh, which is the irony of fate? Yes. Or enjoy your bath, um, <laughs> which is very. I I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's uh, for those who don't know, uh, is is kind of a farce. Like I guess you could call it a farce. Like, some, but yeah. it, in some ways, it's or, or like a romantic comedy. In other ways, um, it's a farce in that goofy things happen and like circumstances get weird. Uh, which like the the entire setup of it is. This is why. It would not work. It like the the story wouldn't work set in any other country but Soviet Russia. Like it's that the uh, the buildings look so alike that literally one one guy drunk off his ass could get dropped off at what he thinks is, is his own apartment in a completely different city and just like go in and and just not mistake it or and just mistake it for his own and not think any different. Different city uh, would have the same name street, the same address, uh, the same type of house, the same lock to walk in, uh -huh. and the same furniture inside, mm -hmm. just like in his own. Yes. Right. Uh, that, and that's why, that's why it's so funny, is because it works. The comic situation works in that town and they tried they tried to remake it I think in America and I don't know I've never seen it but I'm sure it doesn't work um, but like that it's like in you know there's that animated intro to it where it shows it stems from that bureaucracy that like anytime anybody has an idea like an architect has an idea for a building like it passes through so many offices they sign off on it they pass you over to the they sign off and in the end it all looks the same, because like, <laughs> yes. it's passed through too many hands. Bureaucracy, uh, that's how everybody being employed. You have well, to yes. be able to work by law. If you're not working, you're going to jail. Well, right. Yeah. That's how it is. You have that's to work. Kind of the, yeah, that's the system. That that's the system, yes. Um, and it's, uh, which is why it surprises me that most of us would consider the airport the 
the height of bureaucracy in this country because you are uh, you're passing through different lines. You have to go to the line to check in. You have to go to the line to put your luggage. You have to go to the line for security. You have to go to the line to board. You have to go like, and that is where you found like the break from that. Essentially, you found like you saw you saw like at what we consider the like the the biggest like. Uh, like procedural, like the biggest place for procedural bullshit, and you—that's where you found America. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, talking about lines, uh, if you go to the Soviet store, you have to stay in three lines just to get one thing. Yeah, you told me that. There's yeah. a line for like, what's the first line is uh, to see if it's available. To see if it's available. Yeah, yes. like you have to see. You have to get in line just to see if it's there. And the second line uh, to pay for it, to pay for it, and the third to line to register, and yeah. then finally get it to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's it's three steps, uh, and you know, yeah, we like I think I mentioned on the previous podcast, we have a whisper of that. We don't have like, but not even close. Like, not even <laughs> close. No. <laughs> so, and then you get. Uh, into conversation with people that you didn't talk for, you know, five years, relatives that actually giving you a ride uh-huh. home. And what you notice that they speak the way that you don't understand them because they have new vocabulary that they got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say, well, next time when you're going to park and we don't know what park means, they're using actually parking in English, uh-huh. so yeah. they would say something in Russian and then would put English word because in Russian we don't have a synonym for it. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing like that to, to describe it. Um, you know, hamburger would be one of them. Yeah. You know, burger. We don't have burgers. Right, yeah. So That's... when they describe a certain food, they would have to say burgers. And for me, I don't know even what to relate. So they have to go it's into not, the it's not someone big, long explanation, so, yeah. yes, <laughs> what it is and yeah. how it's made and what's going on and how it tastes. It's, it's just easy to say. It's, tomorrow we're going to eat a Frankfurter. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and a Berliner. But, uh, the, yeah, like, well, Asian languages are the same thing. Like, because, like, they were, uh, the languages were set before they westernized. So a lot of the, like, anything that came about after that, is just like kind of an approximation of like what it is. So like that's, uh, I feel like that's a, that's the same in a lot of languages. And then we're going to their house, mm-hmm. you know, because they've been here already for five years, so they have their own house. And this is second shock. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a little apartment; it's actually a house, and house kind of in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever know the area of Swampscott, yeah, it's yeah. very well to do. Uh, area you know to, to be in, and houses apart, and it's uh, green grass and very little um, fences. There's no fences actually. Everything is open, and it's unbelievable to your eyes because back in Russia, if you would go into the country and there's a country house, it would be fenced. Mm-hmm. And fence so that nobody would look inside. I mean, it wasn't just like see-through fence, oh, yeah. just to no, no. That Full would be fence, yeah. <laughs> that would be like a fort, uh-huh. and nothing like that is happening. Every single inch in Russia is basically something that you can grow. Yeah, 
to make some food. Here, it's just green grass growing for no purpose at all. In fact, it gives you more work to do. Right, yeah, that's what I figured. Especially if you live, well, I, I think in like, I think of people who live in the Southwest, like some of who, like you still want a lawn, like that, that, that's gonna take a ton of water and sure. a ton of time because of the temperatures there. And like, like uh, it's, yeah, it's not functional. It's uh, it's completely aesthetic, you know. Like, yeah. And then that night, nobody goes to sleep, and everybody talking, and we're all saying, you know, what happened, and what happened in Russia, and what is here, and how to find a job, and what is important, what is not important. And next thing you know, it's six o'clock in the morning, and everybody's <laughs> Just still, everybody still, yeah, up. because they didn't see each other for so long. It's such a you know, it's like family getting together after long, long, long goodbyes. Uh-huh. Um, and then next day, you know, they'll say, don't worry, we'll take you to the supermarket uh-huh. and we'll show you everything around. And again, you end up with full of surprises because food, something that gets you right away, is the food is not seasonal. No. Like, you can have apple in the winter time mm-hmm. um, back in Russia it's not if there's a season you have plenty of it season is gone you never see it till next year well, there's no global market if you're in Soviet Russia you can't you're not trading with all, any other country where you can get that stuff or you can go to the flea market kind oh, yeah. and buy it you know from south somewhere that they'll bring it from Georgia yeah, yeah. and uh, you would have to pay enormous amount of money yeah, for it. Yeah, I would imagine. But just in a market there, well, not staying three lines in order to get something, mm-hmm. that's another shocker. Uh-huh. Uh, that you basically walking all around and just filling up your cart with whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, something that would never happen. And then you pick the line to get into at the end. And, <laughs> and you're just paying for it, yes. Um, Variety of, you know, same food. Like, it's not just one bread. It's six different, five different, ten different brands of bread. And this one is in a local bakery, and this one is, uh, you know, made in a big factory. Uh And bread is already sliced. Mm -hmm. That is unbelievable. You know, that would never happen. No. I remember I wrote a big letter to the friend of mine about craft slides. Slides. Yeah, sliced, the, the sliced, sliced cheese, cheese American product, cheese. like the sort of cheese. Yes, <laughs> sort of cheese. Yeah. Well, just that every single cheese uh, slide was packaged yeah, by its own little wrapper. Yes. In its own wrapper, it was mind-blowing to me. It would never happen. It would just, like, no, it will never happen. Um, and then you're buying, you know, the cheapest food because this is the only you can uh-huh. afford. Yeah. And then you shock with a taste of food mm-hmm. <laughs> because to you it tastes absolutely terrible. I mean, well, the, the, what, what food are we talking about here? Well, what kind bread. Of cheap food? well bread. Bread was first. The cheap bread. 
chip bread. So like Wonder Bread type bread? Wonder or? Bread, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> uh, it's like a cardboard without any taste. It's, it's like it's styrofoam. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like it's chewy. Yeah, it's chewy cardboard. Yeah, it's Russian similar. bread, it's very much like Italian bread. That's you know, it, very similar. crunchy and soft inside. That's how it is. So that's so, my favorite. Like, I yeah. love that. <laughs> I uh, like airy, the airy bread. That's right. My wife gets mad at me because like... She she likes a full cakey bread, and I like I like a bread. If you cut it open, it's like, <laughs> like. So Wonder Bread really Oof. didn't do good. So um, like a, that like a craft cheese on a Wonder Bread. Yes, like that's just like that's just like eating nothing. Uh, butter very salty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cream cheese. We really didn't know what it was. There was no anything like Those, this. No, no uh, in, counterpart. In to, no yeah. counterpart. So we didn't know how to eat it, what to eat it. You eat it with a fork, with a spoon, with the bread, without the bread. You put it on something. There's no reference to it. Uh, cottage cheese is the same thing. Oh, really? Uh, cottage cheese, when we open... Actually, I went shopping by myself in the local store, and my uh, mom asked me to buy sour cream. Mm-hmm. So there's no English. I went there... And I'm like, milk, cow, and I'm like miming what yeah, had right, to right. happen, you know, how you make sour cream. And they're like, oh, yes. And they're giving me uh, cottage cheese. Uh-huh. Well, I'm looking, yeah, it could be. I it, mean, it does kind of look like cream that's gone bad. Like, it's curds. and it's, it's So <laughs> I brought it back. My mom opened, looked and said, this is the worst sour cream I've ever seen in my life, and thrown it out. <laughs> How how do you say, like, how would you ask for sour cream if you had no, well, because it seems like, literally, it seems like just gross milk, like sour cream. Yeah, yeah. It's not And without English, you can't really explain it. So the best ability they can understand, and from what you mimed or told them or gibberished to them, they gave you whatever they could understand. Yeah. So that was my first experience with that. Um. Breakfast uh-huh. would be another thing. Uh, we always had hot breakfast. You know, it would be like kasha, which is like uh, hot cereal. Cereal, yeah. Or it would be eggs, mm-hmm. or it would be coffee and sandwich, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Here was cold milk and cold cereal. Mm-hmm. And that was very strange. Uh-huh. And if cereal is like honey or chocolate or something else sweet, it's even stranger uh-huh. like why would you have dessert for breakfast you know that the mentality it always did seem it. weird to me like, yeah. yeah so that was another opening eye uh, for lunch size of the sandwiches mm-hmm. you know 10 inch whatever it was a, a sub or a, yeah, or a, sub. Uh, a it was a about grinder. three yeah. times as big as you normally would have uh-huh because normally, it's gigantic. yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember it was my big surprise. First time I already had a job, and you know, friend of mine, Hugh, uh, he bought me, you know, sandwich in the local deli. Mm-hmm. I cut it in half. He said, "No, no, no, no! Don't worry, just eat the whole thing." And I was so surprised when I actually ate the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do end up there. I couldn't believe well, that. Well, it's like if you go to, go to a deli in New York and, like, they give you, like, little little slice of bread, 
uh, on top, little slice of bread on the bottom, and like like five decks of cards worth of pastrami in the middle. Yes. Like, yeah, it, it, it's so, and like you, it, it, it's like you can't eat it in the normal way. Like, you can't. <laughs> um. So all those discoveries, you know, one by one, as you're being introduced to, mm-hmm. um, and it's constant. Mm-hmm. Because things that nobody else would expect surprises you. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember they took us to the Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and an Italian restaurant it was huge portions, oh, yeah. like huge, and obviously a lot of food left on the table. So the waiter came over, and he asked if they want a, a dog bag mm-hmm. and uh, the person who was taking us there he said oh yeah 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 please you know do it when patient uh when uh, patient when waiter <laughs> left i'm asking in russian to to that person are they serving dogs here? <laughs> like the whole concept, like... Doggy bag, yeah. Yeah, doggy a, bag. A, I couldn't even understand what it's for. Like, yeah. what is it? Did it originate, did that term originate as taking, like, I'm going to take this home and give to my, like the rest Probably, of it, give to my yeah, dog, d- I'm d- guessing. Yeah. yeah like, but really, I mean, yeah, that must have been confusing to just kind of have that thrown at you. Like, yeah, do you, but want a, do you for, want a doggy bag for that? Yeah, no, but, I'm going to eat but, it myself, thank you very much. <laughs> but for them, you know, it was normal thing they said yeah thank you that's what to do for me it was absolutely different experience yeah they eat dogs here yeah um and of course you look at people um because to you they're all foreigners mm-hmm. because they speak different they act different they dress different so they they're not part of you by any sense of yeah. uh, meaning to you. Um, so yes, for them you are the foreigner, but for you they are. Um, and you look at them and it's kind of interesting because on one hand every magazine, uh, every store has uh, like beauty magazines, mm-hmm. you know, fashion magazines, beautiful models who like dress in a absolutely gorgeous uh, clothes. And then you look around and everybody dressed in drag. Uh-huh. You know, it's clean, yeah. it doesn't smell, but it's like oversized or colors don't match or you would never put it, anything like this together at all. Mm-hmm. Back in Russia, clothes is kind of statement because they don't have it. So when ah. you dress up nicely, it's a statement. Ah. So you think that all those people have ability to dress nice and they don't. It's well, it's because they have the freedom to. Of that's course, the thing. Yeah, of course. Like, but but to you, to. but to you, it's absolutely foreign. Yeah, like it's because they can, so they don't have to. Like that's that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's not anything special to, to, to them at all. Yeah, oh, that's interesting to think about. Yeah. Because that's um, still definitely the same. Like, people go out in their pajamas. Like, yes. I see, I see kids come into school just kind of in whatever they slept in. 
and whatever. Like, you know, like I don't you know, think twice about it. But. Back in Russia, we had to wear, in school, we would have to wear a uniform. Mm -hmm. Well, girls, they would go to the tailor and make it fit very nicely and a little bit shorter yeah. and, you know, shoulders a little bit pop after. Everybody is the same, but a little bit different. Well, that's be well... To, to bring it back to what we do, to bring it back to improv, like in short form improv, sometimes when you have structure and you have rules, like that gives you the frame to actually do something crazy, kind of different, crazy different yeah. with it. Uh, and some, and when there's speaking as someone who's done long form kind of uh, like more open improv, when there's no rules, it's kind of haywire. Like, <laughs> uh, it, like, and and uh, and it doesn't always come together as sure. much. So like that, I think that speaks to that too. So that's the first impressions. All right. Um, so I, actually, do you want to, like, that's a half hour. Do you want to like divide and do like a second episode? Whatever, like, whatever right. you will say, whatever you. All right. So yeah, that is the, uh, that, that, that is first impressions. Uh, yes. And uh, that is the first episode of Discovering America. Look for, uh, Further episodes on this feed in the coming weeks. Uh, I don't know. What's do you have a you have a sign off you want to do for the <laughs> for the episodes? Uh, Join us for the next Discovering America. Join us for the next Discovering America. Okay. Like it's a, like we said, functional. <laughs> Perfectly functional. This has been a BitPlayers podcast, bitplayers.net.